Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Okay, if I unmute myself, you might be able to hear me. So, this is <laughs> this is Monday, June the 27th, 2016, and welcome to the show. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. We would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart, and good afternoon. Awesome day here in northwest Florida. All things moving forward and delivering forgiveness to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. <clears throat> and our appreciation for everyone who chooses to join us. Today's Miracle Mondays. I'm actually having a conversation with uh, maybe changing uh, – some of the days around so that we might start looking at uh, worksheet Wednesdays, which would probably mean we go to um, recovery Thursday or something like that. I'm not sure just to stay with those uh, letter meanings. In any event, uh, talking about the course in miracles, you know, one of the, uh, one of the tools that's really important, in establishing yourself as a true human being. And, you know, when we define a true human being, we're defining love, which, of course, you're never going to find the meaning of that word in words. It's like it's an experience that truly we can create allegories of it, but in truth you can't describe it. You can't put it into words. And the best definition that you've heard me use many times and will hear me use many more times is hold a newborn child. Remember who you are because that's who you are. And an important step in doing that is to develop the skill of being able to watch what isn't you when it's in action. In other words, we have this newborn being and we'll describe human life as being. And then we have the person who functions out of hostility or fear where there is no being present. You know, the active presence of love 
just does not show up in that life. So we have being and non-being. So when being, when who we are can start to observe what the non-being mind is doing, it gets an opportunity to step back from it, catch it at its game, and change its game. So, you know, this work is all about changing the game to more and more consciously and more and more consistently living a truly human life, which is what we're designed for. Now, that doesn't necessarily serve the world. You know, if you live as a true human being as love and, and a good a good measure for behavior, for what you do in your world is hold a newborn child. And if there's a behavior that you're considering and you could actually imagine that child reasonably doing the behavior you're thinking about doing, it's probably pretty good. Go for it. If you can't imagine the child doing it, then don't do it. And, you know, you just don't find that state of being doing things out of hostility or fear. And when we come into the world, the world starts to put its thumbprints on us, you know, these indentations based in hostility or fear. And forgiveness is a key to hammering out the indentation so there's room for you to show up in your body and in your life. So knowing what to look for, because the mind can rationalize. I like to break that word down, rationalize. It can tell you stories about why your rage is a good thing to have toward Charlie. After all, look at what Charlie did. And, and you know, I look at what Charlie did. I saw him, and it was absolutely terrible and disgusting, and I agree, I agree with you. Charlie deserves your rage. But do you want to give up your human life for what Charlie did? Do you deserve your rage is the real question. And so when being, when the human life that we are, and, you know, we're only in pain when we give that up. We say, I'm in pain because he did this, she did that, they did that, they said that, she said that, my spouse said that, my child said this, my parents said this, my government said this, this. You know, the announcer on TV said that. That's why I'm in pain. Well, that's all fraud. That's all a lie. Observe your mind in operation, and you'll notice there's a step in between what they said and what you feel, and that step is, what's the energy that's activated within you? And so the lesson I'd like to, um, to talk about today is Lesson 121, The Unforgiving Mind. And it kind of gives you a, a, a bird's eye view. I love that song of, of um, Madness that just talks about... Yes. Do you have Do you have that handy, honey, that you could push the button and play it? Is that loaded on your, your computer? Let's just listen to this song because it, it really, I mean, she talks about the bird's eye view. And it's just such an awesome synopsis of this lesson and everything that we want to talk about. So let's listen to Alanis Morissette for a minute. Just an awesome, awesome piece of music. It goes back to 2008, interestingly.
And then I feigned that I've been waiting with such mileage for empathy. Oh, man, I can be such a victim, and people will just look and go, oh, yeah, they're so terrible to you. That's all their fault. And then she comes up with the chorus to the song. I see that the madness in me is brought out in the presence of you. And now, finally, I can observe that madness goes on when you're not in the room. Though I'd love to blame you for all, I'd miss these opportunities to heal. I'd miss these moments of opportunity. You simply brought out this madness to light, and I should thank you. Oh, thank you. Much thanks for this bird's eye view. Thank you for your most generous triggers. Now, sometimes, of course, we could do without our triggers being so generous. But, you know, and she goes on into the denial phase. It's been all too easy to cross my arms and roll my, oh, man, look at what you've done. And then a really powerful, and this is what this lesson in the course really addresses, a really powerful idea here, the thought of dropping all arms. In other words, you know, she kind of uses a little bit of an allegory here. In one case, she's got her arms folded and rolling her eyes at you, but now she's not talking about necessarily dropping her physical arms, although that would be part of it, but dropping her weapons of defense, her weapons of attack. The thought of dropping all arms leaves me terrified. If I stand here vulnerable and defensive, I'm terrified, and terror is the reason for that unwillingness to drop arms. And and, and the thing to, to really understand here, and it ties in so well with this lesson, of course, is that the mind generates the world that it sees. The mind generates when something moves in me. I have this faculty. I have this, this um, converter in my mind that converts information into pictures digital to analog converter. And when I look at a picture made of what's moving in me that's made out of my own terror and pain, I paint that picture on the inside of my eyeballs and I literally spray the energy that's moving in me, sets up an energy field and sprays that energy on you. If I'm spraying my terror and my rage on you, you're probably not going to be a very happy camper and you're going to respond pretty negatively to me. If I decide to empty myself, which is forgiveness, if I decide to empty myself of hostility or fear, and what moves in me, even when you're not doing something I don't like, something I don't want you to do, even when you're frustrating one of my goals, if I stay connected to love and I build my brain image of you out of love, then I get to be a human being in the presence of what I don't like. Instead of thinking that I've given up love because of what you did, I realize that I've given up the presence of my human life because I'm playing the blame game. So to be willing to drop your arms, your defenses, your distractions, let go of the television for a little while. Sit quietly with your partner. Don't say a word. Just sit in a space of quietness and observe what happens in yourself. Feel and be with what moves, especially when they say something you don't like. And if you have an unforgiving mind, you will catch your unforgiving mind doing what it is that you need to heal. Now, of course, 
the digital analog converter when that happens for the average person as well. You know, why aren't you talking to me? What's wrong with you? And there's that hostility internal triggered once again. So then she goes on to say, I'd have to give up knowing and give up being right. No, I know you're the problem. I'd have to give up knowing and give up being right. You inadvertent hero. You angel in disguise. So it's kind of like the world is set up to show us our unforgiveness. How can you tell if you have an unforgiving mind? Well, one of the ways is, as this lesson speaks about, step back and observe your mind, or at least know what that unforgiving mind looks like, and know that what you're feeling has nothing to do with the pictures that your mind generates. It has to do with what's going on inside of you. You can't feel anybody else's. So this this lesson kind of humorous in a sense, the way that it's written, but it really gives the keys to starting to see what the mind that is unforgiving looks like and how it behaves. Those who live in denial and dissociation blame everybody else for their unforgiving mind and what they're feeling. Here's the invitation to recognize if this is what's going on for you, it's yours, it's not theirs. And the benefit of that is that when you shift into perception generated based in the presence of love rather than defense or attack, then literally the pictures you spray on the inside of your eyeballs will set up a field, or pardon me, that you paint on the inside of your eyeballs will spray an energy that's based in love. And the tendency will be to find a different response in the people around you. And I don't care who it is. And in that, each person finds their humanness, the presence of love. There's an awesome line in The Course in Miracles that says, there is no place so holy upon the earth as the place where an ancient hatred becomes a present love. So what does the unforgiving mind look like? So lesson 121, Course of Miracles. Forgiveness is the key to happiness. Here is the answer to your search for peace. By the way, if you don't have a book, but you have a computer or a phone, you can simply go to Google and type in ACIM Lesson 121, The Unforgiving Mind. Boop, hit the button, and you'll be reading along with me. So you know, if you weren't aware of that, you can find the whole course online and, uh, and search it that way. So forgiveness is the key to happiness. Why is forgiveness? Why should I let them off the hook because of what, when they've caused me all this pain? Well, that's all a game of the non-being mind projecting its experience into its brain's image of someone else and wanting to blame that someone else. So forgiveness has nothing to do with me letting you off the hook for what's happening inside of me and what I'm feeling. Forgiveness is how I go into the hidden part of my own mind and remove what never belonged. So the, the, this statement is, I don't care what the, pay, the source or the, the root, the appearance of your pain is, 
this process of forgiveness is always the answer. So here is the answer to your search for peace. Here's the key to meaning in a world that seems to make no sense. Why does the world, as most of us see it, make no sense? Because what we've been trained into, what we've told ourselves, what we've been telling ourselves for so long, they're the problem, they deserve to die, we should make war on them, we should kill them, and they're going to come and kill us, are all insane thoughts. They make no sense. So, when you realize, you know, and, and even the CIA, if you go to the CIA's website, you'll see where they've spent millions studying perception, and their bottom line conclusion is we do not record reality, the mind generates it. So if I hold senseless thoughts, then I live in a world that doesn't make sense. Now, if I live in a world that doesn't make sense, then the, perp- the way the world is set up is it's going to send somebody to tap me on the back and invite me once again to look at my senseless thoughts. Forgiveness changes senseless thoughts. So here's the way to safety in apparent dangers that appear to threaten you at every turn. To bring uncertainty to your hopes of ever finding quietness and peace. Here are all questions answered. Now, this this line is not a joke. It's not a maybe. It's not a sometimes. It's here are all your questions answered. Now, your mind is going to try to figure out the answers. That's the number one pseudo-solution of the non-being mind. If you're living in a mind that can still produce hostility or fear, then you're living in a non-being mind. And the number one pseudo-solution of that non-being mind is if I could just figure this out. Why doesn't this world make any sense? I can't figure it out. This is senseless. This doesn't make any sense. I can't figure this out. Guess what? You're never going to figure that out. But forgiveness holds the solution. All questions are answered, and all uncertainty is ensured at last. And then it describes what to look for. So now the person who doesn't know this, they've got a story. They've got rationalizations for why all this is going on, and it's all about somebody else. So, so here's what you want to step back and observe and realize that if you live in an unforgiving mind, the solution is forgiveness. Now, if you haven't engaged in the forgiveness tool that we teach as yet, we invite you to go to whyagain, W-H-Y-Again.org. And in the upper left-hand corner, the first word on the page says start here. Click that button, and it will start walking you through a whole series of links. Very simple. You can also go to the uh, red and white bullseye in the middle of the page. It will take you to the same place. If you're on any of the pages and on the right-hand side you see the social media links, If you click on the bottom one, it's actually a YouTube link. It will take you to our YouTube channel. And to see how the world of insanity is formed and how forgiveness is done, look down the list and you'll see a thumbnail picture of the world. And the title you're looking for is ACIM, What is the World, What is Forgiveness? It's a 39-minute kind of a mini-lesson from A Course in Miracles of What is the World and How Does Forgiveness Work. So there's the starting point and all the support we can 
possibly give you is there freely available. When you click on that Start Here button or the uh, red and white bullseye, you'll open a series of links that will take you to a free download of Chapter 24 of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? It's a conversation talking to a gentleman called Richard all about forgiveness. The second link is a link to the worksheets. The third link is a link to radio shows where we explain the worksheet, walk people through it, full set of custom instructions. So take it and put it to work and watch how your life changes. So what does the unforgiving mind look like? What do you want to be watching for to find out if you've got one of these? The unforgiving mind is full of fear and offers love no room to be itself. No place where it can spread its wings in peace and soar above the turmoil of the world. Now, when it says the turmoil of the world, the Course uses the word world in two different ways. One represents the world you see, the world of false perception produced by the energy dynamics that are moving inside of you that are uniquely yours and belong to no one else. So that's the world that it's talking about here. So the turmoil of the world you see is an internally generated, literally, world. You know, at one point the Course says, you must recognize that what can make a whole world can let go of it. And so if the world you see is in turmoil because you're looking at the insanity of your own mind, the unforgiving mind is sad. How often do you find yourself sad? Well, yeah, but you see, I'm sad because Charlie didn't, didn't do this. No, you're not. That's a lie. No, 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 really. You know, just yesterday I was just as happy as a lark. And Charlie called and said, I'm not going to make it for dinner. And, and, you know, he just made me so sad. I said, well, wait a minute. When did you meet Charlie? Oh, just last week. So in a week, Charlie is now the cause of your sadness. Let me just ask you a question. Five years ago, did you know this quality of sadness that you're now trying to put on Charlie's shoulders? Unless you're totally stuck in your mind's lies, you got to say, yeah, I knew this quality of sadness. How about 10 years ago? Yeah. 15, 20, 30, 40. Like, when are you going to get over it? When are you going to get it finished with your 40 years in the desert, your 40 years of unconsciousness and say, hmm, I've been through this kind of sad 87 different times with 42 different people. And here I am wanting to blame Charlie, who I only don't know for a week. And yet I knew this long before I ever met Charlie. Recognize that and you can start to forgive your unforgiving mind. So the unforgiving mind, this is what you're watching for, is sad without hope of respite and release from pain. It suffers and abides in misery, peering about in darkness, seeing not. In other words, you cannot see through your body's eyes outside of you. You can only see the world painted on the inside of your eyeballs. So see not yet certain dangers lurking there. The unforgiving mind is torn with doubt, confused about itself and all it sees, afraid and angry, weak and blustering, afraid to go ahead, afraid to stay. Afraid to waken or afraid to go to sleep. Afraid of every sound, yet more afraid of stillness. Keep that radio on all night. Keep the television going. 
terrified of darkness, yet more terrified at the approach of light. What can the unforgiving mind perceive but its damnation? What can it behold except the proof that all of its sins are real? In other words, and the word sin in Aramaic, remember, is an archery term. When you miss the bullseye, the scorekeeper yells sin. So when you construct the world you see out of those energies that are off the mark, you know, you fire at the bullseye and miss the bullseye, and it's an archery term, sin, you're off the mark. If your perceptual world is made up with energies that are off the mark, then how can you ever escape from it? The unforgiving mind sees no mistakes, but only sins. Remember, this is what you're watching for. You want to become the thinker apart from the thought, the feeler apart from the feelings, the actor apart from the actions, as you observe your own mind, and what you do to yourself unconsciously with an unforgiven mind. It looks upon the world with sightless eyes and shrieks as it beholds its own projections rising to attack its miserable parody of life. It wants to live, yet wishes it were dead. It wants forgiveness, yet it sees no hope. It wants escape, yet it can conceive of none because it sees the sinful everywhere. So, if you live in an unforgiving mind, it's going to seem hopeless. If you felt hopeless in your world, then realize the only reason for that is your unforgiving mind. It has absolutely nothing to do with what's happened to you. If your world seems hopeless, it has absolutely nothing to do with your circumstances. It has to do with your own unforgiving mind. And what happens is that unforgiving mind cannot show us the behavior with which we could change every circumstance. It's not visible, as it says here. It's a miserable parody of life. And so step back from that mind, become the observer, and go, ah, look what I'm doing to myself. Maybe this madness goes on in me when you're not in the room. Hmm. And maybe I could begin to apply ownership and forgiveness. Once I remove that, which holds me bondage and helplessness and hopelessness, I find myself empowered and everything begins to change. So let's look at the next level of what are you watching for? The unforgiving mind is in despair without the prospect of a future which can offer it anything but more despair. Now, what would we say to someone who's like, you know, life is just, it's despair and that's all. It's all that ever offers me. Then we'd say, then begin to do your worksheets around despair. What would a worksheet on despair mean? A worksheet on despair, the core step in the, tool, the, the forgiveness process there would be to look at your goal for life to support you and nurture you. And then... Now, listen to how insane this sounds until you understand how the mind works. 
Then we'll invite you to cancel your goal for life to support you and give you higher options. Well, but Michael, if I cancel that, how do I ever heal? Well, canceling that is how you heal. And the reason is because everything you perceive is driven by a goal. It is content structured into pictures, digital energy held in the self, driven by a goal that takes the deepest hidden energy around that issue and literally turns it into the world you see, a construct, a world of perception, of pictures. When you cancel, in the Aramaic language, the word forgive is shebag. It means to cancel. When you cancel the goal to give you, the world to give you higher options, when you cancel, when you locate the driver that causes your mind to use its painful unconscious content to produce your perceptual world, your perceptual world collapses. One of the most awesome gifts you can give yourself is to collapse the world that's made out of pain and hopelessness and helplessness. And when it collapses, and you'll notice that in the worksheet process, in the wake-up sheet, you'll notice that step four, before you actually cancel the goal, step three, you specifically identify the goal. Step four, you cancel that goal. Or pardon me, step five, you do. Step four, you reestablish a connection to love. And so when you cancel the goal, what happens is the false perception collapses and gives you access to the root of your pain, the root of what needs to be forgiven. And when you bring love forward in the presence of that which needs to be forgiven, then that which needs to be forgiven is forgiven automatically. That is, it is removed. Remember the word forgiveness in, in the context for using it in its original sense. The word forgiveness means remove. So the unforgiving mind looks on the world with sightless eyes and shrieks as it beholds its own projections arising to attack its miserable parody of life. It wants to live yet wishes it were dead. It wants forgiveness yet sees no hope. It wants escape, but it can conceive of none because it sees the sinful everywhere. The unforgiving mind is in despair without a prospect of a future which can offer anything but more despair. Yet it regards its judgment of the world as irreversible and it does not see that it has condemned itself to this despair. It thinks it cannot change. For what it sees bears witness that its judgment is correct. So if you live in an unforgiving mind, your unforgiving mind literally generates a whole perceptual world where everything you believe about the world is proven to be true. Now, let's see if you've ever experienced somebody playing that game out with you. Have you ever had somebody accuse you of saying something you never said or doing something you never did? Of course you have. What state was the person in? When they accused you, were they in this loving, connected, warm, wonderful space? No, they were in hostility or fear. When you were in hostility or fear, projection. So this person, you, you triggered in them your behavior, your presence triggered something they have not forgiven yet, this despair perhaps, 
And so it produces a picture literally of you being the cause of their despair. And it's stuck in this loop of being able to unsee past that and can only imagine that it must be your fault. For what it sees bears witness that its judgment is correct. Your judgments will all be proven correct, though none of them will be true. Because that's the way the mind works. Until you understand that's how your mind works, it's hopeless. It does not ask because it thinks it knows. It does not question, certain that it is right. Forgiveness is acquired. It is not inherent in the mind which cannot sin. So the mind can engage in energy that's off the mark, but it can't do this thing that's called sin. As soon as an idea you taught yourself, forgiveness must be learned by you as well. And from a teacher other than yourself. Because of the cyclical nature, the, the human mind is an evidential device, and whatever it believes, it will literally generate a whole world of perception that will prove that its judgments are correct. So it's hard for that mind to teach itself that its judgments aren't correct because everywhere it looks, it sees that its judgments are absolutely true. So ultimately, you will have to learn this from a teacher other than yourself who represents the other self in you. So, so the person who can take your hand and lift you out of this is one who's discovered the truth about themselves as love, not necessarily perfected at this point, but has discovered themselves as love and is able to keep reaching to you as love. As that joining occurs, it creates a power that breaks the hold of sin. That is, of those energies, remember, sin being energies that are off the mark. It cracks them when conscious, active, present love is there. So through that teacher, you learn how to forgive the self you think you made and let it disappear. Thus, you return your mind to him who is yourself and who can never sin. So now you're turning control of the device over to being. Rather than being subject to the non-being that comes from the errors held in the mind, you now turn the mind back over to love, to being. Each unforgiving mind presents you with an opportunity to teach your own how to forgive itself. So each time you run into someone who is making the same mistake as you, how can you tell if you're making a mistake? You're in some kind of pain or turmoil. So when someone resonates that in you, then you have the opportunity to forgive yourself. And forgive yourself means remove. Every time you hear the word forgive, substitute the word remove. So it's not removing yourself. It's removing from yourself what never belonged within you. 
Each one awaits release from hell through you and turns to you imploringly for heaven here and now. In other words, once you have given up the lies of the mind based in hostility or fear, then you will be one who can reach to another as the presence of love and taking their hand help to lift them through the world they see, the world they've created that isn't true. So each one awaits release from hell through you and turns to you imploringly for heaven here and now. You you go back to Yeshua 2,000 years ago, and, you know, it's amazing how many people just throw out what Yeshua said because they've been taught a doctrine. They've been brainwashed with some kind of a doctrine that holds something totally against what he said. Like, for instance, are you going to go to – do you know that when you die, whether or not you're going to go to heaven – like someplace off in space and some afterlife. Excuse me, listen to the man's word. If somebody tells you it's over there or over there or over there, believe them not, for it is here, it is now, it is within you. Like that lie and the brainwash of the unforgiving mind is a bear to crack. You got to crack that one. It's here, it's now. It was given to you to live in heaven at every moment of your life. Not someplace off in space. The unforgiving mind has no hope. But when it sees someone who lives as love, it goes, ah, there is hope. It was interesting. We were in, this is probably the most dramatic experience we've had of it, but we were in Hawaii Oh, gee, it's probably six years ago now. It was it was actually kind of difficult because we, we did a week of workshops. Then we had another two islands we were going to, three islands we were going to, to do workshops. And then while we were on one of the other islands, the first place we'd spoken had um, had gotten such rave reviews that they asked us if we'd come back and do another week. And so, you know, here it was winter and we had to stay in Hawaii for an extra week. It was It was really, you know, it was tough, but but we did it. We, Jeannie and I both, you know, we just kind of gritted our teeth and went through it. But we had that second week we were there. I'm trying to remember now, Jeannie, was it three people or four people that came to us, each saying that they were planning their suicide? Three. Yeah, there were three people that said they were planning their suicide the day they came to their first workshop, came back the whole week, and were so delighted that they'd given up the idea that they hadn't gone to the extreme of suicide and, and were delighted they had their lives back. They weren't finished with their work, but they had their lives back. So each one who makes this breakthrough can be the one who can hold a hand out to another. It speaks about the mind that has no hope, and you become their hope. And as it's hope, do you become your own? In other words, you know, th- this is a teaching. That, uh, there's this magical thing about it. You know, the world teaches if we give something away, we don't have it anymore. This is different. If you give it away, you've got even more of it. When you take forgiveness and you teach it to others, you will gain deeper and deeper and deeper understanding. I was talking with Dr. Tim yesterday. He called me having a conversation, each of us appreciating the uh, – just the the gift of this and how, you know, I think one of the things I said to him was, you know, it's like 
after almost 50 years of doing this work, the last five years, I felt like I've really begun to understand and I'm really making some of the deepest, most important breakthroughs. And my take is it comes from giving it away, giving it away, giving it away, and building the brain cells on deeper and deeper levels. So as someone else's hope, do you become your own? The unforgiving mind must learn through your forgiveness that it has been saved from hell. In other words, our hells are internally generated. And when an individual sees someone who lives in hell, who walks out of hell and lives in the presence of love, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, is that actually possible? And as you teach this walking away from hell, which the world called salvation, you'll learn it. It's just the most amazing thing. Yet all your teaching and your learning will not be of you, but the teacher who was given you to show you the way to you. In other words, there is a power in you. Yeshua 2,000 years ago taught about an, a literal feminine elemental force that in Aramaic was called Ruka de Kutcha. It is the self that represents the other self in you and will release you from the effects of your errors and teach you the truth. The more you give the truth away, the more you strengthen and build the brain cells for truth in yourself, the deeper the gift of truth will become to you and the more powerfully you'll be able to give it to others. So the lesson then puts out an invitation. Today we practice learning to forgive. If you are willing, you can learn today to take the key to forgiveness, the key to happiness, and use it on your own behalf. We will devote 10 minutes in the morning and at night another 10, learning how to give forgiveness and receive forgiveness too. The unforgiving mind does not believe in giving, that giving and receiving are the same. Yet, we will work today to learn that they are one through practicing forgiveness toward one whom you think of as the enemy and one whom you consider as a friend. And as you learn to see them both as one, we will extend the lesson to yourself and see that their escape included yours. In other words, Here's a tool that the course offers for extending the presence of love to the deeper hidden parts of your own mind. So it gives instructions for using this tool. It says begin the longer practice periods. It's saying find yourself 10 minutes to sit aside and get quiet and think of someone you don't like, someone who seems to irritate, cause regret, or whatever, if you should meet him. One you actively despise or, or maybe merely try to overlook. It does not matter what form your anger takes. And then it says you've probably chosen him or her already. That person will do. Now close your eyes. 
see him in your mind and look at him a while. So if you've got someone in your life that you say they make me mad, sad, afraid, whatever, just close your eyes. We'll do this meditation together. So close your eyes and look at him or her. As you look at them, try to perceive some light somewhere. A little gleam which perhaps you've never noticed. Try to find some little spark of brightness shining through the ugly picture you hold of him or her. Sit quietly and look at this picture until you see a light somewhere within it. And then work to let this light extend until it covers him and makes the picture beautiful and good. In other words, you're bringing the act of present love to your own perceptual world. This isn't about the person you, you're thinking about. This is your projection. The reason you're feeling bad when this person's picture is in your mind is because you've taken that feeling of bad that's moving in you and made a picture out of it. That's the converter from digital to analog that each human mind has. So look at this change perception for a while. And then, and we're going to take it to another level, turn to someone you call friend. And then transfer the light you learned to see around your former enemy to that friend. Perceive him now more than friend to you, for in that light his holiness shows you your Savior, saved and saving, healed and whole. In other words, extend the light the spark that you saw in that person that you called perhaps enemy and extend that light to a perception of another in your mind and you will be extending the perception of love into your whole physiology, the root of all of your perception. Then for a moment, Let him offer the light you see in him. And let your enemy and friend unite in blessing you with what you gave. So now allow yourself to visualize the person who you perceived as enemy and the person you perceived as friend joined in light and offering that light back to you. Perceive him now as more than friend. For in that light is his wholeness. Let your enemy and your friend unite in blessing you with what you gave. It's interesting. Einstein says, if you think you're separate or separated, From the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. 
And here the Course says, now are you one with them and they with you. In other words, you bypass the perceptual mind's blocks that the world has trained you to see you as separate from others. Now, you have been forgiven by yourself as you've removed that hostility with the presence of love. And remember, throughout the day, the role forgiveness brings plays in bringing happiness to every unforgiving mind and yours among them. Every hour, tell yourself, forgiveness is a key to happiness. I will awaken from the dream that I am mortal, fallible, and full of error. I know that I am a perfect son or daughter of love. So just let yourself breathe into that for a moment. I know that I am a perfect son or daughter of love and I am willing to yield up every form of hostility or fear that I put into my brain's image of others so that I can pretend that I'm not responsible for my pain. I'm willing to yield that up, to give it up to the presence of love. And as I do that, I realize that forgiveness is the key to happiness. And I can awaken from all dreams of hostility and fear. And I breathe with you. And I hold the space with you. And if there's madness in you, can forgive the madness so that you don't have to make pictures of other people or yourself out of the madness. You can simply bring that madness to love. And as you do, forgiveness will remove from you your madness. And oh my goodness, I just looked at the uh, at the clock. Our hour is almost up. Should we say a quick hello to Dr. Tim? And just ask the young man how he's doing. And we've got a couple of minutes. Dr. Tim, are you with us? I am here. Oh, cool. Any quick thoughts to share? Yeah, I guess the, the brain cells that were firing for me <clears throat> in listening to this is that this message, the exact message, is just so much more easily resonated with way of mastery and it's exactly the same just a lot fewer words and 
and more directly stated. <clears throat> and when I'm getting it again through you and it's resonating the way of mastery words, it just sinks in deeper. So I'm glad that over the past few years I've started tapping into the Course in Miracles to kind of reinforce what's in the way of mastery and the Krishnamurti teachings. And, and of course, last Thursday night we were doing the support group and we were going through Guy Finley again and I kept stopping his talk to say, now do you see the exact parallel here? This is the exact process that we're doing in the worksheet process that we are sitting with and not trying to change the upset within us but giving it over to something else and asking to be shown what needs to shift within us and letting that light, that loving energy, that creative source do that work. So that's what was resonated for me. Sweet. Awesome. Powerful. Well, we'll be uh, holding this space for everyone to create the best year yet of our eternal lives. And appreciation for each person that shares this with another. If if this lesson's been meaningful you, for you, when the show's over, you can download the MP3 from our website, whyagain.org. Email it to somebody. Listen to it again and again. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings. Thank you for listening to MindShifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. A-G-A-I-N dot org.